Welcome to Teachers Care Society, the podcast that talks about all news and development in the educational field. We have a good show for you today as I'm joined by Michaela Brown, a fifth grade teacher from Wisconsin, as we'll be discussing gamification in the classroom. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Today's guest is Michaela Brown, a fifth grade teacher from Wisconsin. And first of all, welcome to the show. And how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be here. I've never been on a podcast before, so kind of nervous, but I'm also really excited. So yeah, how are you? Good, good, good. We're uh, really happy to have you here. I mean, especially after, you know, a day after Christmas. So <laughs> thank yeah. you for doing that. Have you, have you been enjoying your holidays or the winter break? Yeah, uh, my holidays were really great and actually not that different than normal, even though there's a pandemic going on. I have a really small family, so I was still able to see them. It was really nice. And winter break has been good, but I kind of miss my kids. (laughs) It's my first year teaching and I feel like I have the best class ever. So I'm excited to sleep and work on projects, but I kind of want to go back to school. So I don't know if that's weird, but (laughs) yeah. No, it's not weird. I mean, yes, the Christmas Eve, I sent out a little, uh, a little short video to, to my students and the family saying, oh, uh, just happy holidays and, you know, I won't see you till next year. So stay safe and yeah. uh, stay warm. But yeah, it, it totally makes sense to miss them. Um, I guess since we're in the month of December, I guess we're officially halfway through the school year. Is, are you, is the second half of the school year harder or easier? <laughs> I think that the first couple of weeks might be kind of hard, just getting back up to speed on school and routines. But I think after that, the second half is going to be easier. So I might be proven wrong, but (laughs) we're in the hybrid model right now. So I only have half of my kids at one time. And I think that has allowed me to like form stronger connections with the kids and give them more help. So I feel like once we get used to school again, the second half of the year is going to fly by just because of those connections and relationships. And I think that they're just going to get stronger. So I think it'll be easier. <laughs> okay. So actually, can you actually explain that a little bit more since, so I'm completely distance learning, but can you explain what your hybrid model I guess, schedule is? Yeah. So I have half my kids Monday, Tuesday, and then Monday, Tuesday, the other half is online. And then Wednesday is like our planning day. So the kids don't have any new learning. And then Thursday, Friday, it just flip flops. So the online kids come to school and then the at school kids just learn online. Mm, okay, yeah. I'm completely distance learning Monday through Friday, eight to, you know, eight fifty to two thirty, And so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I guess just for me, I think I went through the hardest part already. I think when we come back, it'll be easier. Um, we did all the triennials right before. So hmm. that's nice. I, I definitely think, yeah, the second half will be um, easier. But big question. Mm-hmm. I, I really got to ask, you call yourself pickles. <laughs> so what's the story behind that? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked that. I love the nickname. Um, it's pretty simple. Uh, one of my roommates gave me the nickname. And so my name's Michaela. So somehow it just morphed from Michaela to Mick to Mickle <laughs> to Pickle. And then it just kind of stuck there with pickles. So mm, I guess. All right. And the next year and then the uh, next year will just be called Pick. And then. Yeah, we'll see. Hi, and then it'll just be short. <laughs> <laughs> or just back to Michaela. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's 
funny. Um, it wasn't too long ago that, that you mailed out some Christmas cards to your <laughs> students. That was, that was pretty nice. Um, I know nowadays everything is digital. So I guess receiving actual letters in the mails is actually a unique experience for some since they're not used to that. Have you, have you heard back from any of your kiddos about mm-hmm. the cards you sent out? <laughs> I actually, no. Um, well, actually, wait, hold on. I think one of them messaged me and just said, thank you and happy holidays. So I think it's because of the card. Um, but I haven't really heard from anyone else. I don't know if they've even received them just because I know the postal service is pretty busy. But uh, uh, I've heard from one just saying Merry Christmas. So uh, That's nice. How, uh, how long did it take to make those? <laughs> um, it took me like a whole week of working every single night. Um, and I got a little tired out in the middle there, but I finished strong. So. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. You like the, I guess you like working on a deadline, right? Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> it, it was a little stressful, but it kind of pushes you to finish. So it's a good thing. I think <laughs> that's good. Um, I also got to ask, you describe yourself as a hardcore Swifty and a mathematician, um, and I, I was I was looking at some of the cards you did. So some of them were Pikachu and Arudo and Minecraft characters. And you explained uh, how long it took you to do that. But you're a, you're an artist. I didn't, like, did you draw that from an example or just from the top yes. of your head? Yes, I am not. I call myself like I love following rules and copying things. So if there's an example, then I can do it well. But I can't come up with anything just out of my head. I have to have an example. Hmm, I see. And then you said you are hybrid, right? You have 20 fifth graders, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's, how's that going? Yeah. Um, it's going really well. We went virtual just the first week before winter break. And then the one that after winter break is going to be virtual. But other than that, we've been in hybrid. And so I like it because I get so much more time with each of the kids having 10 kids in class versus 20. It's not as hectic. Um, and I love going to school. It's so much fun. And I know it's not a normal year, but it's my first year teaching and I feel like I've adapted pretty well to the hybrid model. And I don't know if it's because it's all I know. Like I don't have another normal, but for me, it's been really fun. I kind of like it. <laughs> oh yeah. I wish I was, uh, I wish I had the kiddos in, yeah. in person. I, I mean, I mm-hmm. still, even though I do distance learning, I still go to the school and teach from there for mm-hmm. you know, two main reasons. Reason number one, my dog is very needy. So I, <laughs> I need, <laughs> I can't get anything done without her. And then, you know, you know the second reason is yeah, I have like infinite resources there in the classroom mm-hmm. and stuff that can laminate yeah. and print. And mm-hmm. uh, I use some of the puppets in the classroom as well. And, but yeah, Aww. it's just, uh, you know, it's just all these resources, resources right there um, available. Yeah. And if I was teaching from home, I guess I would bring all that home. And <laughs> I mean, my room's already a mess. So I don't want to make it an even bigger mess <laughs> by bringing all that yeah. stuff home. So, yeah. But let's jump into our first topic and that's uh, gamification in the classroom. And, you know, for those who don't know, it's basically the use of game design mechanics to like enhance non-game context. So essentially just, you know, simple way of putting is making the lesson to a game. And the idea of gamification is basically to increase participation, engagement, attendance, and the school pride and community. And you know, there's popular methods, including having some sort of point system or with leaderboards or direct competition, whether it's individuals or teams. In some cases, you can reward the winner or the team. Um, and you know, gamification, it's, it might 
seem new in the classroom, but it's actually used a lot in, uh, in marketing. So basically where businesses approaches to boost their, you know, profits and, you know, the company awareness. And you can think of your local Jamba Juice or your Starbucks reward program where they reward you for repeated business. So the way they do this is kind of, kind of like a loyalty or reward or member card. And, you know, they might punch it, uh, with a whole, with a whole bunch of, um, every time you visit or you make a purchase, so, you know, after nine purchases, maybe the 10th one is free. And so um, trying to take this idea into the classroom, um, the first thing that I would do is gamification and grading and college courses sort of do this already where there's a point or bracket system, depending on how many points you earn, you get a certain grade. And, you know, basically the amount of points the students uh, accumulate over the courses that basically determines their grade. And, you know, as a student, I would rather hear, oh, I got 10 points. Um, even though that's, you know, in reality, that's an F, 10 out of 20 might be an F, but yeah. I'd rather hear, oh, I got, you know, plus 10 points. And so, you know, by doing a grading system like this, it, it does show the students regression and they're always gaining points instead of losing points. Um, again, I'd rather hear I got plus 10 instead of minus 10. Uh, so there's that. Do you, do you use gamification when it comes to grading? Um, actually my school doesn't really give grades at all. So I haven't oh. tried this. We just give like feedback describing where they're at. Um, but I, I think it's a really interesting concept because I know for kids and honestly, even adults, like for me, I get pretty excited about <laughs> points. So it's like points are the things to get. So I would be interested to see if that kind of motivates students in a different way than just A, B, C, D. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Motivate, you know, you know, the whole idea about uh, gamification is trying to motivate and engage you know, the mm -hmm. students, uh, especially, you know, trying to, I mean, you know, the schools that did do distance learning is trying to get their attention. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's what we want to do. And it's supposed to lead to improved retention, you know, as they're able to learn the context more effectively. Um, and one thing I think is often not mentioned is uh, their resilience to, to failure. So I say this with gamification, you know, we don't want to just give the student one chance to, to try the game and then that's it. You know, we want to keep giving them the opportunity to try again and again until they master it. Um, because you know, if it's just one shot and they fail, all right, you get an F or that's it. No, you know, mm -hmm. you want them to keep trying kind of like games have certain uh, lives, you know, you get three shots or three lives or lifelines. Um, take the same approach and put it with the gamification in the classroom. And I tell the students, oh, it's okay. As long as we keep learning from our mistake. Um, Cause I'm sure you always have those one students that they just want to get through the game and they're just guessing, but you know, I, I want them to try <laughs> yeah. and learn and they're like, Oh, I got this one wrong. See, um, when you try it again, you know, pay more attention and see if you can solve it a different way. But mm -hmm. from your particular experience, when you did gamification in the classroom, what would you say was the biggest takeaway for your kiddos? I definitely agree with you that engagement is a huge takeaway for students. Cause if you think about it, like we're all humans, we're not robots, <laughs> right? Like we run on energy and not just logic. Like if I told you all these good ways to eat healthy and exercise and how that's the most beneficial way to live, it's not like we're just automatically going to do it perfectly the next day, even though that's the logical thing to do. And so I think by giving kids games to learn that creates that energy that then motivates them to learn. And so I think it's treating kids like humans um, by bringing games in there. So engagement is huge. 
And I think another thing that's really cool about gamification is that students learn that anything can be made into a game. <laughs> like if they go, wait a minute, if she can make a game out of anything, so can I. And then they bring that ability out into their jobs and their future. I think that's a huge thing that can help them become engaged with life in the future if they take that away with them. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, I don't want to be taught you know, like like we're robots. Oh, you know, learn yeah. this, learn this. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, I wish. I mean, nowadays it's we have all this cool technology. Um, you know, we have these educational videos that you can put in the curriculum. And I, you know, I wish we had some of this. Um, you know, back then all we had was uh, <laughs> I guess our educational videos were like the Bill Nine videos and um, yeah, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of neat interactive stuff that can be done nowadays. And I got to ask one of the things I think you've been doing is something called like, uh, among us, right. From my understanding, it's a map yeah. game. Think, <laughs> did you create it from scratch using, I think Google slides and forms. Can, can you tell me more about this? Yes, I would love to. Um, so my students, as I'm sure most kids today are obsessed with this game <laughs> called among us and it's not an educational game, but if you don't know, it's, it's basically like the old school game, werewolf or mafia, where you have like a group of people, the crewmates, and then there's like some imposters among them and the crewmates have to finish tasks and figure out who the imposters are. And then the imposters have to just get rid of all the crewmates one by one. And so anyway, on my planning day, I had this epiphany in the shower of all places. <laughs> I was like, I need to create an Among Us game and I need to make it about math. And I had no idea what I was going to do, but I was like, I have to do this. And so I created the whole map from the game, like you said, in Google Slides. And so they could click around to the different rooms and complete tasks. And I gave each student a task list that they would work through each day. And the tasks are just like multiplication and place value problems since that's what we've been working on. And I would link each task to a Google, Google form and they had to get the problem right to check it off their list, but they had unlimited chances to submit their answer so they could work on it, you know, to get the right answer. And then I would add sabotages throughout the week where they had to complete a problem to fix what went wrong. And then after each sabotage, I left clues for them to collect and it would kind of point them to like who the imposter was. And then at the end of the week, they had to gather their clues and vote on who they thought the imposter was. And it was so fun. It's so fun to make it. And I think the kids enjoyed it a lot. And it kind of sparked something in me to <laughs> keep looking for ways to like make math fun with different games and stuff. So it was really fun. Oh, that's nice. And then I'm not too sure about it, but maybe you can explain. So sabotage, what, what exactly is the sabotage? <laughs> so in the actual game, like the imposters can sabotage the crewmates and like turn off all the lights or something. So the crewmates have to go turn the lights on. Otherwise they won't be able to see anything. So I would just throw in a quote unquote sabotage, but it would really just be another problem for them to hmm. solve that would give them a clue. So... Mm, I see. So for me, whenever I've done games, uh, if it's, you know, I try my best to make it even sided, but if it's just really lopsided and one team is just dominating, um, <laughs> I guess I could do something like, you know, what you did, like, uh, like a sabotage to try and like even the playing field or, you know, maybe move certain yeah. teammates around or give an extra obstacle to the team that's just like way, mm -hmm. you know, winning. Uh, it's really in the lead. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll try and do something like that. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, at my school, we have something called ST Math. Uh, this is our popular, I guess, educational game. And I guess the beauty about these games is they're customizable and we can change 
anything, uh, you know, according to the student's progress. And that way, if a student's really far ahead of the class, um, they don't have to wait for their classmates. You know, it, it can get really boring. You're, you know, that, that smart kiddo in the classroom and yeah. the class is moving snail pace according you know, to you. Um, and then it's the same thing for those students who are struggling a bit, uh, where everything's moving way too fast. Um, they can keep mm-hmm. working at their own pace while the rest of the class moves ahead. And then, you know, maybe when you do have time or during small groups, you can work one-on-one with a, with that student or the students. Uh, but yeah, these are, mm-hmm. these are some of the educational games and great Thing about them is the ability for them to collect a lot of data and like this data is great for pro- progress monitoring and i'm talking about like in addition to just you know which problems the student was struggling with you can see how long they took which wrong answers did they choose uh if they chose the wrong answer again when the problem was presented um so yeah and, and, i mean i know you did among us but do you use other i guess educational video games in the classroom Yeah, I use a few different educational video games in my class. A few of them I actually use for assignments, while some other ones I just kind of offer them to the kids. Like, if you're bored, here's something to do kind of work. Um, So the kids really love Prodigy, um, which is kind of like Pokemon, but with math problems that they have to complete. Um, And then they have um, another app called Freckle math um you get to like create a little character every time you earn coins and stuff so that one's fun um but i've also used other video games like nitro type for keyboarding codable for learning um like basic coding and math playground which just has a bunch of math games on it um and i love them just for the reasons you said it's super easy to see who's struggling with what and the kids get to move at their own pace and they like it it's super fun and motivating for them when i get to go hey you guys get to play prodigy today and they're like yeah (laughs) so yeah that's good it also gives them a little bit of motivation you know if you you everyone does the work or if we're all behaved then we'll go to play this game at the end and uh, you know some of these games you can uh, you can set up real quick. Um, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so digital games are great, uh, but I'm also a big fan of old school board games. So you know, <laughs> I, I know the big digital games are uh, some of the ones you said, but I mean, for me here, uh, we have Kahoot, Quiz, I think Quizzes, Neopod, Quizlet. Mm. Um, and there's this new one that got introduced to me, I think last year was uh, called the Breakout EDU. Um, I'll talk to talk about that one a little bit later but you know another idea you could do is just adapt old school games and i can't believe i'm saying the word old school but (laughs) (laughs) you know like scavenger hunts or bingo or dice games or jeopardy um style games or a big popular one that i really enjoyed is i think it's called a hundred thousand dollar pyramid game you know the problems get harder as the class Mm. progresses through the through each problem um and so you can create different categories based on whatever is maybe you're gonna assess them and students can participate in partners, individuals, and teams. And I even see some teachers have some kind of like Scrabble type games using flashcards. And these flashcards can be pretty much anything um, besides just pictures. I mean, besides just words, you could also put pictures as, as well. Um, some get really fancy having a QR code on it and students scan the QR code and it's a video clue. clue. So you can get really fancy. Um, but for me... Growing up, my high school history teacher would always do these Jeopardy style games or who wants to be a millionaire type of games. Mm. And it was a really great way of studying because, you know, she would do this two or three days before our tests, which will always be on a Friday. And it was a fun way of, of learning and reviewing the content. Mm. She would allow us to take notes as well. 
during the nice. during the game. That way we could write down particular questions and we would have the answers as well. Um mm-hmm. after problems that you know you, you know you needed a little bit of help on. And friendly competition was always welcome in the classroom. Um of course if it's done correctly, you know, you can have amazing results. It really motivates a student. But do you have some kind of yeah. like friendly competition in your classroom with gamification? I try. Um, I love friendly competition. I'm a really competitive person. So it's kind of fun when we get to do that together as a class. Um, it's been a little bit difficult this year just to figure it out, um, like timing wise, because our schedule is kind of tight um, and social distancing, of course, it's a little bit harder. But even something as simple as like race the teacher or who can finish mm-hmm. first competitions really motivate some of my small groups. Like I have some small groups that are really competitive and that's the thing that gets them going. Um, and I, I recently did like a jeopardy type game to review some division skills. They got to work in teams. Um, and I would, I would just love to find the time to do more. And you, you giving me all these ideas is kind of getting me to think about the ways I could start using them a little bit more. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, even for, you know, just some of these games, uh, sometimes you can do like really quick uh, on the spot games if you don't have anything with you or like you know Simon says or follow the leader or um, even I mean when I'm back in person some stuff I would like to do is like if we're walking to the library and the libraries are right across campus it's not it's not a short walk actually so you know it would be like all right you know show me quiet mouth or who can be the quietest you know something simple I mean you don't always have to have (laughs) something with you Um, I I have learned Mm -hmm. to carry around this um, around my necklace, I work with a young one. So I, around my necklace, I have like these, uh, icons and it kind of helps redirect some of the students. All right, friends, you know, I'll show them the icon and not try and say anything and see who, who's paying <laughs> yeah. attention to me. And, you know, they'll, they'll follow those directions. <laughs> but one of the things you did say is, uh, with competition, everyone likes to be the teacher. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. always, it's always like, all right, challenge accepted. Uh, whenever you, they, all right, whoever can beat me. So they always right. find that. <laughs> as a good motivator. And, you know, when I was in high school and middle school, I would find that as a great motivation as well. I'm like, Oh, I want to be the teacher and kind of gives you kind of bragging rights as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with all this uh, gamification, you know, it's, it's, it's great in the classroom, but you know, we should also not forget about rewarding the students. Um, when I say this, I mean, we, you know, recognize students achievements and, I've seen some neat ways teachers have done this and it's by giving these students these, these badges. So I think maybe something like the boys and the girl scouts when they have, uh, when they master a certain skill, they get these badges and doing something mm-hmm. similar with the students. So prior to the winter break, um, the Friday, right before we had these trimester awards where we gave out certificates for student uh, achievements. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I'm thinking in January, we're going to figure out whether we're going to mail them out or we're going to have families pick them up. But, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of continues the gamification theme by awarding badges. Uh, they can be digital, digital, um, or you can be tangible, something you can print out. Um, and so the whole idea about having uh, these badges is, um, you know, it's to reward students as well. You know, class badges are pretty popular, uh, digital badges. And something I think is very neat is having students display their badges in the classrooms, um, maybe on their portfolio or their profile or on their avatar or whatever it may be. I mean, even with video games, uh, I think in some video games, when you pick your avatar, you pick your character, you can kind of see their stats like, oh, this, he's really strong or this one's, uh, you know, this one, she's really fast or et cetera. Something like that, you know, the students, oh, you know, Jessica's red, you know, 
two books in a month or yeah. uh, the student that they're a you know, hundred multiplications problem, et cetera. So you're really uh, rewarding the students and accepting and, and acknowledging their achievements. So I see. So like the, the next time we hit around a jeopardy or the hundred thousand dollar pyramid is, uh, you know, some of these students, they could have their badges, you know, displayed. And, you know, this is really nice if you are, um, trying to put groups or teams together and you can see the strengths of certain students, um, even for substitutes, um, you know, mm-hmm. when a substitute comes, all they have is a name or they just have rosters. And sometimes if they're mm-hmm. lucky, they have pictures attached to the rosters. And so if you are able to provide something like that, where their badges for a substitute, it's nice. Cause it's like, Oh, look, this student's really good. in I guess in history or the students are really good with this. And it's something nice that you can show and the students can show as well. And right. it really helps, I guess, even the playing field. Have you, I don't know, maybe thought about doing something like this, having students have these like mastery badges? I have, I haven't heard of it until now. So this is really cool. Um, I personally love the idea of getting badges. Like I kind of want them. Um, <laughs> but I do think they're cool. Like if badges are being used for connection amongst the students, like I think that's really cool. Um, or like being able to acknowledge a student's uniqueness. Like this is what you're really strong in. And yeah, that's different than this kid over here. But you guys each have your own strengths. I think that's where it could be really cool. Um, I get like a little nervous about it where there are the students who struggle to earn the badges that could be frustrating or the kids who like lord their badges over someone else. I could see some of the kids doing that, but I think it could be really cool if they have like, yeah, like I said, their own unique badges. So everyone has a strength or if they have like a private collection or, or even if like the badges, it's like a responsibility now, like once you earn a badge, now that qualifies you to help someone else get a badge. Like this is your responsibility now versus just something to brag about. And that's where I think it could be a really cool way to build community and connection in the classroom. Yeah, it's a great point. If uh, you know, student is excelling in a particular subject, like, all right, you want to earn another badge, you know, help mm-hmm. one classmate out, help them yeah. with their work. And then you can give a badge to that student. Uh, I mean, you can give it to the student that's receiving help and you know, might get something like, oh, most improved or something. Or the student that does mm-hmm. help out, like, oh, thanks for being a good helper. And, and then there you go. And you know, the badges aren't all for... Uh, you know, education or academics that can also be for, you know, for yeah. character building. So that's, that's a good yeah. point right there. Um, you know, that's, that's the next thing I guess I'm going to kind of talk about is gamification is not really only just for academics. It can be used uh, quite effectively also for behavior management. Um, mm-hmm. You can be really took to four all grades. I know when people think about gamification, you think, oh, it's, it works for the little ones. <clears throat> But again, back in my high school days, uh, we, we, you know, games are always fun. You know, like the Jeopardy or the, uh, who wants to be a millionaire. And so I, I even see being used in college courses. Um, take for example, the mastery badges in the classroom uh, for behavior as well. So you can give, uh, I think, you know, we briefly talked about this badges for students that display or, you know, follow the rules or, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, do certain, uh, you know, behavior goals that you're trying to do. And if you're worried about, uh, those students that might not be able to earn certain badges because they might need a little bit more prompting or more uh, redirection, then you can create specific badges for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, you know, I might have some students that really, their goal is just to sit down and attend. And so, mm-hmm. You can give them more, uh, create a specific badge for them. Uh, for example, this one kid is like, all right, I, I just need this kid to send for like, sit down for like one minute. 
or just yeah. have a request for a break. <clears throat> and so you can create a badge specifically for this one student um, because, you know, if you have badges that are more generic for, I guess, the whole class, um, you know, these students are never going to be able to achieve or earn these badges. So again, you can really customize the badges, uh, particular, you know, really customize it for the students. And it can be kind of seen as a student portfolio where students are able to track their own progress. And, you know, even families can see the progress if you have something digital. Um, and if you really want to continue the point system earlier that I talked about, then you can have students earn points. <laughs> Uh, paired with a reward system. So for example, if they meet certain benchmarks, uh, you know, I guess kind of like the whole Chuck E. Cheese thing, like, or if you get like this amount of tokens <laughs> or this amount of points and you get something from this bracket, or if you get this, you get yeah. something from this bracket. So um, I know students, you know, there's that instant gratification that some might like, all right, I just want to use all my points, but then, then you also can teach students, all right, you know, if you keep saving up your points or your badges or your et cetera, you get, uh, you have the option of getting an even bigger prize. And, you know, mm. these rewards don't always have to be something tangible, um, like a toy or, um, something from your treasure box or treasure, um, something like that. It can also be something like an experience, for example, lunch with a teacher or extra 10 minutes for recess. You know, it doesn't always have to be something like the, like a toy like that. It can be, like I said, it could be something as like an experience. Um, have you done something like this for like behavior management? Yeah. Um, actually last fall when I was student teaching, I became really aware of the students love for points. So I created this like behavior management game where students could earn points throughout the week for anything mm -hmm. they did that was like positive. Like if they were working hard they're listening, like helping, staying organized. Honestly, anything I saw that I liked and I wanted to affirm it, I would just start passing out points. And I think because there wasn't a set list of things that would give them points, the students were always on the lookout for how they could be positive. And so, and I would like give out points to one kid and then everyone else would be like, oh, what points? And then they would start like following along too. So that was really cool. And then at the end of the week, the students would get paired up on like a bracket, kind of like March Madness. And <laughs> it would be based on their point levels, but the higher point levels would get like advantages in the game. And they would just, it was really simple. They would literally just roll a dice with their partner and then they would like move up in the bracket. And so it was super simple, but the students would get super into it. And we would all be like cheering for each other as the kids moved up and rolled their dice. And it was really fun because everyone got to participate and they were motivated to get more points throughout the week. And then every week the points would start over. So they had another chance to start fresh. And so that was one way, like a more, I guess, formal way that I used gamification for behavior management. But I've also used it for really simple things like learning procedures, kind of like you were talking about, like, we're going to walk quietly in the hall. Let's see who can do it or how, how long we can stay quiet um, or just like listening or reading stamina, it's just like making it a really quick game and they get into it and they want to be quiet then. Um, so I think it's just a really simple way to get them engaged in doing the right thing. So I love this strategy. I love using games for behavior management. <laughs> yeah. I like how easy, I guess I, I see that idea of not having like ground rules. And so that way it always mm -hmm. keeps the kiddos on their feet. Like, Oh, what can yeah. I do? What can I do? Um, that, that's a nice idea. I like that. 
Um, and then something that I do want to mention that uh, I think is very important is certain cautions with gamification in the classroom. I know, you know, I know we're talking all about the positives, but you know, there are certain <laughs> things that you might want to think about when trying to implement this. And I know there are concerns about relying too much on games in the classroom can kind of be detrimental as a, as a motivator or um, I even heard some, you know, critiques about saying oh it's not properly preparing our students for the real world because mm-hmm. in the real world like you know the only motivation you really need is like if i don't do my job correctly i get <laughs> fired and i don't have a paycheck and i can't pay for yeah. food and shelter so i see those critiques um but the way i look at it is uh you know uh, we should have games in the classroom to kind of enhance and supplement the learning experience uh, never to really replace like the pedagogy altogether um Mm-hmm. So again, it's, it's used to compliment. It's not, we're not replacing or changing the whole entire system. It's just, you know, some kids, you know, need a little bit of motivation and some teachers need a little bit of motivation as well. Um, I, I definitely needed it, um, especially with the crazy year we've been having, but yeah. do you see any other cons or negatives that might come with gamification? I think I agree with you that if the only point of gamification is for them to learn the content, then yeah, we're totally not preparing them for the real world. Um, and that's what, that's one of the only areas I think it can become an issue. Um, because as I mentioned earlier, in my opinion, the healthiest people, the most resilient, engaged, successful people, like they can make a game out of anything. And it's not like relying on your, teacher your job to provide the game for you but more of like can the students learn that they can make a game like how fast can i get this proposal done how accurate can i be how you know how many people can i say hi to today and it's like if the kids can take that ability out into the real world that's where i think it's awesome but yeah if we focus just on let's just get them to learn this content through a game then i totally think that can become way overused and an issue Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, I don't want to make sure I don't forget this, but I think earlier I, t- I talked about this thing called a uh, breakout EDU. So basically, yeah. I don't know if you've ever done like an escape room. Have you done something uh, like that? I love escape rooms. Yeah, so this is uh, kind of the opposite. You're trying to break into uh, the, Ew. it's this, uh, how do I describe it? It's kind of like a, like a treasure box or like a, like a case and uh <laughs> the students want to break into it. So there's uh, all these clues and, uh, you know, each clue Ooh. they unlock a certain lock. So it might be like a number lock or a number pad or a letter lock or a um, combination lock. And so they figure out these clues, they unlock this one and then they open it up and inside is another lock. And so, and they keep going, keep going. And every time they open it, it's a smaller case inside and there'll be clues like a, like a UV uh, black light flashlight or, you know, a compass or, uh, like fill in the blank. So it's nice. It's kind of taking like the whole skate room aspect and they're trying to break into the, um, into like the final thing. And then, yeah, uh, that sounds cool. I've never heard of that. And like, I want to look it up now. Yeah, that's nice. <clears throat> and then you can have a treat at the very, uh, at the very, like, that's the last clue. And, mm. um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, uh, again, you can add lifelines onto it as well. If students are struggling, you can give them, uh, one, I guess one free clue. 
or yeah. give them a hint. But yeah, I just wanted to talk about that really quickly. Yeah. Um, and then I guess just the last thing that I would say is uh, you don't necessarily have to turn everything everything into a game. I would definitely survey mm-hmm. the classroom to identify what the students are struggling with most. Um, you know, the students are doing great in math and writing, but, you know, struggle with history. You know, I'm not really going to use gamification for math and writing. I'm going to use it to motivate the target areas that they really need help with because I think you can agree, but gamification takes a lot of time. (laughs) Sometimes, I mean, some stuff you can do on the fly, but some of the stuff you really, uh, want to get intricate with it and, you know, you really want to be creative. It it does take a lot of time and you want to spend your efforts and time wisely, um, you know, I want to prevent that teacher burnout. Um, and I really don't like making comparisons, but you know, between businesses, uh, and like marketers and students, but kind of like that's the way business marketers also survey the audience to see what products will work best for the students. Um, mm-hmm. kind of same thing with your classroom, you know, figure out what games or what type of gamifications would benefit you students the most um, and which ones you should use. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, if, if a game requires, I guess, uh, a lot of tech, like it requires a throw projector and requires everyone to have a Chromebook. If your school doesn't have mm-hmm. it, then obviously you're going to choose something else. Maybe use a whiteboard or a chalkboard or, you know, maybe right. have students use hand signals or, you know, something, something like that. So really survey mm-hmm. your audience, really survey the students, see what it is they need help with and see what's possible. Um, so that's, that's what I would recommend. I mean, for you, what's the planning process when you're trying to introduce games in the classroom? Um, for some reason, I always get ideas randomly through my days and weeks, like when I'm not doing anything related to school. So I have a running list on my phone that I just keep ideas on. And they're usually sparked from what I've seen my kids interested in, kind of like you were saying. Um, and, and our students have, we all have Chromebooks. So that's really nice because then I can do more digital things. Um, and so, like you said, also, I just, I just notice where the students are getting a little bored or things are getting stale. And so if obviously, like you said, if they're already engaged, I'm not going to mess with that much, but, um, I usually pick the subject that they're getting a little antsy with. And then I just pair up one of my ideas with the content that they're struggling with. Cause usually certain ideas work better than others in different contexts. And then, once I have like my big picture goal and my idea, the small picture details just kind of come to me really easily. So that's where I go, Oh, this would work really well in Google slides. Like you can link things really easily and make it seem like a video game versus like, Oh, I could make this a Jeopardy site style game. And there's apps for that online. I don't even have to create anything. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, like you said, like even just using like whiteboards or symbols, hand signals or something. And just really fitting all the pieces together at the end. And I think everything just goes through the lens of, will the kids like this? And is this accomplishing my objective? And I just go from there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Again, everything, you know, should be back to, you know, objective. What is it that I'm really trying to do with these mm-hmm. games? You know, am I trying to do like an informal assessment? Am I trying to mm-hmm. uh, teach a brand new content here? So then always, uh, always survey, you know, what is the purpose of the game and you know, what am I trying to achieve? But for me, uh, I kind of survey these students and the family in the beginning of the school year <clears throat> to see what really motivates the children um, and see what is actually possible, um, particularly for a behavior uh, reward system. So I try and get everyone on the same page. Uh, you know, what it is that we really want to learn? What are the actual goals and objective? Um, you know, what's the short term? What's the long term? And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I ask for a lot of feedback, um, not only from just the families, but the 
um, I teach special ed now. And so I try and get a lot of feedback from the whole team, uh, you know, the speech pathologists, the psychologists, the yeah. EOT therapists. And so I try to get uh, feedback from everyone. And besides actual data feedback that we get from game scores, um, particularly digital games and those assessments, it's also important to ask feedback from the students. Um, mm. I want to know if they're enjoying it or not. I mean, sometimes it's obvious. Um <laughs> But again, at the same time, you know, you also want to ask, like, you know, if, do I want to keep doing this? Uh, you know, sometimes they can get tired over it or you provide two options. Do you want to play this game or this game? So mm-hmm. it, I'm a big fan of feedback, whether it's positive or negative. If they don't like it, I mean, it'll crush my soul a bit because <laughs> I put all this effort <laughs> into it. But it's good to know, like, all right, you know, what is it that they don't like? Maybe they don't like the way I give reward system. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. that can be changed. I don't have to, like, start from scratch. <laughs> right. So it's good to ask for feedback. Um, do you ask for a lot of feedback in your classroom? I would say that I get my feedback pretty conversationally just after an activity. Like, what did you guys think? Would you play it again? Why? Why not? Why did you like that? Um, And I guess I go through a lot of observations on how they're feeling when they're engaging with it. Like, it's not always obvious, like you said, but I can kind of tell where they're off. And if they feel a little disengaged, I just go, Hey, what's up? Like, how are you feeling about this? And just strike up a conversation. Um, and I, I try to be yeah, really chill about them not liking something so they can feel safe to share their honest thoughts and opinions. Um, but also, like you said, I've done some pre-activity questioning, just asking the kids what they're most interested in so that I, I don't waste a bunch of time putting a bunch of work into something that they don't even care about in the first place. Um, like for example, la- last week before winter break, cause we were virtual, I challenged my whole class to get all of their math work done. And if they all did, I would just do something crazy. And so I had them fill out a form and they got to vote on like what they wanted me to have to do at the end of the week, if they completed the challenge and they're pretty excited about it. And it helped me feel confident knowing that they picked the outcome and it wasn't just me like trying to be cool or something. So <laughs> They didn't complete it, unfortunately, but mm. they were really excited about it. So we're going to try again when we come back and see if they can do it. I got to ask, what's, that, what's at stake? What, uh, <laughs> what are they going to earn? Um, so they want me to learn the renegade from TikTok. So um. I've been practicing just in case they do it because it's not going well. I need a lot of work. <laughs> No, that's good. I had a I had another teacher friend who uh, she promised. Uh, uh, this is I think it was spring break. So mm-hmm. she promised right before spring break, if uh, you know, if they did uh, they did all their homework, then she would do. I think it was a renegade dance as well <laughs> for TikTok, and uh, it, it motivated them. And then uh, yeah, she you know she did the the TikTok challenge, and she showed the kids, <laughs> and they, you know they had a good laugh and. Um, yeah. and then I, and I think she had them all do it together as well, uh, Aww, that's as fun. well. So, but yeah, it's a, it's a good motivation. Uh, I yeah. like it. It's better than, uh, some of the other options. Someone wanted me to eat chocolate crickets, <clears throat> um, dye my hair, um, play like a horror game for the first time and then like film myself. And I was like, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> that sounds really scary. So I'm cool with the renegade. <laughs> Uh, sounds like these kids just want to torture you. Those, 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 like, <laughs> yeah. I, <don't> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, well, so I like, like you guys. <laughs> hey, I want you to put all the spices in the blender and drink it. Like, yeah, <laughs> <you> <laughs> <know>. <laughs> like give them ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd be surprised what some of these kids think of. <laughs> yeah. 
No, um, yeah. So, I mean, as we wrap this episode up, is there any advice that you would give to new teachers or maybe even those just thinking about entering the educational field? Yeah. Um, I believe really strongly that the way to get kids to learn is to focus on connecting. Cause if you just focus on the learning and the content, then kids are probably more likely to act out. Obviously it's not foolproof, but there'll probably be a little bit more behaviors. And then if you're having to deal with those all the time, then the kids aren't learning. So if you focus on connecting, there will hopefully be less behaviors and the kids will want to learn or at least want to be with you and learn. Um, and I think gamification is one of the biggest ways to connect with students and have a really fun, engaging classroom environment. So if you like that kind of stuff, um, if you like connecting with kids, then yeah, I would recommend going into the educational field. It's a good place to be. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, <clears throat> This has been another episode of TU's Care Society. I want to say thank you to our guests, Michaela Brown, and most importantly, you listeners, see you next time.